Hey guys, I'm Danielle. And I'm Joe. Welcome to If, if Walls, Walls Could Talk. Talk. We're the owners of Style & Structure. We build and renovate custom homes. We're going to talk about everything from purchasing a lot to building your dream home. There's a lot that goes on behind the build. And we are gonna talk about all of it with guest speakers, experts in the field, designers, and real homeowners. And oh man, if walls could talk. Thanks for joining us on another episode of If Walls Could Talk. I'm Joe. And I'm Danielle. If you've been following along with us, you know that we have been going through the entire build process. We've been breaking it down step by step using really detailed checklists that you can follow along the way. And we have that all on our website. So last week we talked about framing, which was a really fun stage of the build. It's always fun. Uh, so now that the framing's done, we're right into the mechanical work, uh, plumbing, heating, and electrical. Yeah, all the rough-ins that we plan for, and it's, you know, we're talking a little bit more behind the scenes than the actual finishing that you picked out in selections. It, yeah, it's not stuff that you see every day, but it really is what makes you comfortable living in your home. It's not cosmetic. It's it's doing the real work behind the walls, which is, mm -hmm. is something really interesting to me just because so much thought goes into it and then people take it for granted. Yeah. And I think when people are shopping builders, they always say, okay, I want to compare prices apples to apples. And that's really hard because cosmetic things or square footage or the exterior, those are easier things to see. But to know what actually goes on behind the walls and the quality that's put in by the builders, that's going to make the difference. Like in if walls price could point. talk. If walls could talk, they would tell you <laughs> that we have they amazing would. quality behind them. <laughs> so we're going to break it down just so as you're going through your build, whether it's with style and structure or another builder, you know what to look out for, what questions to ask, and maybe some things to think through because these are the things that are harder to add later. Not impossible, but harder. So Danielle, when you built your first house, mm -hmm. um, you knew you know much less than you do now about building. Heck yeah. So like, what things did you um, go through that later you wished, gosh, I wish the builder would have pointed this out? Yeah. Or I think it's the rough-ins. The rough-ins are the things that are really annoying to pay for at that stage because you're like, I'm not getting a wet bar, so I don't want to rough in and pay you know a couple grand for all that piping. Mm -hmm. But if it's even a thought in your mind, I think it's something that you should budget for, for rough-ins, whether it's electro rough-ins, plumbing, heating, I mean, anything, it's something that you should account for because it's so much harder later. So for me, I think um, we actually ended up putting a wet bar in, but the dog wash, mm. that is now going to be a stinker to get in. Joe, how are you going to put the dog wash in my house, by the way? <laughs> well, it'll be a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's so very true. And we really try to walk you through the rough in process mm -hmm. and, you know, try not to box yourselves in. If you're doing a finished basement, but gosh, I'm going to add that wet bar later, or maybe, you know, we're going to finish a separate bathroom later. We really try to get those rough ins done. We can get the plumbing pipes to the area, the vent pipes, uh, just everything encasing behind the wall. Mm -hmm. So that's just there. You decide to pull the trigger five years down the road, boom, it's, it's there for you. And it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. So let's break it down per section because I think there's actually a lot to talk about in each of these categories. So we've got three that we're really going to focus on. So we're going to start with electrical and everything you need to know there. And then we'll move on to kind of heating and plumbing. 
So with Electrical, Joe, we do a walkthrough with all of our customers. And I think that's a really important walkthrough. Almost the entire house is pre-selected with their selections. We have their building plans. There's really not much left once we start construction. But Electrical is one that we've always waited till that electrical walk. It's after framing. You get to walk through the house. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we you know we do an electrical plan, um, and that really is per code. So we might place light fixtures in the rooms and stuff like that, um, but we really don't put a lot of um, detail into where the outlets are going on your plan. And the reason for that is, um, you know, normally uh, outlets are there's they're plentiful in new houses. You mm-hmm. think of old houses where you might have one per room. Um, but the new code has outlets, you know, six feet from a doorway, 12 foot on center from there. So I like to equate that to, gosh, anywhere you're you're setting a lamp with a six foot cord, you can reach an outlet. Mm-hmm. Or in your kitchen, for instance, you know, the your air fryer has a two foot cord. All the kitchen appliances have two foot cords. So mm-hmm. they can't be more than four feet apart. So anywhere on the counter, you would put that. But um, what's more important than that is, you know, how again you live in your space. So you may have a, you know, your bed along a wall in the master bedroom and you want a, a lamp on each side. So we can add an outlet on each side of the bed. Um, it's not per code, it's, it's something you'd light or our TV up high, another outlet. Um, also lighting switches. You think about how you walk through the house and it's, it's hard to do up front, but when you're walking through as things are roughed in, you can imagine getting up for breakfast. I'm gonna turn on the hallway light. Now, when I get to the other side of the hallway, I want to be able to turn on the kitchen light, but turn the hallway light off instead of backtracking. So yeah. we really walk through how you live in the house at that point. And that's hard to do on a floor plan. It really is. I've done that with the walkthrough and it's like, oh yeah, I would want to switch here. And just looking at it at a floor plan, it's, it's, I mean, you can kind of plan it out, but a lot easier when you're doing that walkthrough. Yeah. And a lot of homeowners are, it's, it's a challenge where we used to, you know, we look at blueprints every day, so we can really envision the space. But to the normal person, you're looking at a, a 2D bunch of lines on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling it, uh, you know, like you're living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's just so many things that they offer now, too, which is kind of fun. And our electricians have great ideas for homeowners. So, you know, whether it's a USB cord, you know, a plug-in next to your bed so you you know, can, can plug in your phones or, or somewhere in the kitchen. So there's those suggestions. We've also had a homeowner who had this beautiful tiled backsplash and she was really upset about having outlets on the back wall. She just thought it would ruin the overall look of that backsplash tile. So our electrician showed us an option to have the pop-up outlets in the countertop. And one, it was something that we had to do per code, like you mentioned, but now we were able to get those outlets off. The pop-up outlets were actually really unique and cool. They're very cool. But then we got to highlight that tile on the back. Yeah, and other options too. You may be able to put you know, a plug mold um, under your upper cabinets too so you can't see them. Um, or even along the ledge of like say your kitchen island if you don't want it cut into the side. There's just so many options that once you're walking through the space uh, really seem to come together. Yeah. And then even trying to think through under cabinet lighting or shelf lighting. It's like when you're planning out your floor plan, you don't know 
where the light's going to hit or if you feel like you need it. And then sometimes you have those dead zones. So when you're in person, you can be like, oh gosh, that corner's really dark. Let's light up those shelves. And we even did that in our office. We had to light up a bunch of our shelves and cabinets after the fact because it just felt like, you know, no matter how many ceiling lights we had, there were some kind of darker zones. Yeah, another thing that people don't think about a lot is uh, holiday lights. Um, You know, we love to put these on the outside of houses. Maybe we can put a few outlets up in their soffits uh, that they can plug in their Christmas lights. And then we put a switch inside the house a lot of times, maybe, you know, even inside the entryway closet. So the homeowner knows where this switch is. They want to turn on their Christmas lights and boom, there it is. It's just such a neat feature. Meaning they don't have to truck through the snow to plug in the Christmas lights anymore? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just such a great thing. And as we mentioned, it's so much easier to plan on the front end versus now. I've seen so many homeowners do it that I'm trying to add them to my house. And it's it's a challenge. I mean, again, doable, but a challenge. For sure. So those things are tough, though, to, you know, when you're going through a build, you know, you've already, you're paying for the house, you're focusing on countertops and built-ins, you know, the rough-ins or mechanicals, electricals. I mean, that's just, for a lot of people, not really fun to think about, pay for, um, but I promise it's a lot less money if you do it on the, the front end. So Yeah, and doing it as part of a walkthrough, it's just a fun day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really when the house is, you know, the roof is on, you can see where everything's going to be. So it's a really exciting part of the build. And, you know, most of the homeowners really get excited about this part. So the walkthrough is not like a chore. It's it's a really fun day. Yeah. And I love how our electricians do it. They prepare for the walkthrough by roughing in all the locations. So we'll have boxes for the LED lights, for the outlets everywhere so they can really picture what it's going to lay out. But again, super easy for them to switch as we do that walkthrough. Yeah, they lay the boxes out to meet code. Um, and a lot of times we walk through and people say, yeah, well, this is way more than I had in my old house and it's fine. But there's a lot of times too, they're fine tuning at this point. So it's just one extra box here or one extra over here. Mm-hmm. And then is there anything unique that you've seen that you recommend to homeowners through that walkthrough? Boy, um, I know you mentioned it before, but you know USB charging outlets, that's such a big deal. Everybody knows you can't find the charging block when you need one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one. Um, you know, heated tile bathroom floors, uh, electric heat. I love those as mm, well. I love those. It's something that, gosh, you're just in, you know, you're can't making all it. these selections and um, it's just something that is so nice down the road. Again, mm-hmm. even if it's a rough in. Let's get that uh, get that wire over there, get the mats laid, and um, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, there's a couple things like people thinking through decorating and also landscaping. I love landscaping lights, or we talked about the Christmas plug-ins, you know, so those details to really think through. And then, um, oh, you know, a hot tub outlet. If you're ever thinking a hot tub in the future, <laughs> now it's going to be a pain in the butt. I have to trench it through my yard from my garage so hot tub outlet um and then we also had a homeowner who had beams and she thought she's gonna decorate them for christmas with lights wrapping those beams so who wants cords hanging down or to use battery operated you know 
we put an outlet up there so she was able to do that for Christmas decorating. So that's really like the next level thinking that we try to do is just really understand how are you going to live and use the space. And if I remember that homeowner, they remembered where the outlet was, but did not remember it was a switched outlet. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a pleasant surprise once pleasant they had the surprise. lights up. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, I think that covers electrical. So let's move on to heating. So what are some considerations and options homeowners have when they're talking through heating? Yeah, and th this really varies per house. Um, you know, we again, we have our codes, we have our furnace size to the right, uh, the right size. Um, what we like to do is really zone the heat. Um, try to put a single zone for each level of the home. Mm -hmm. um, and those can be either adjusted manually um, if you want to save a little bit of money or it can be an electronic damper system where you have literally a thermostat on each floor uh, Just really helps to keep you know, you might not use your lower level as much as you would you can leave that heat down in the wintertime or um, You know just to I save a little that. bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, so my home we have three levels with our basement and we have a triple zone heating and it's so nice. Yeah, our basement we can kind of turn off um, or get lower when we're not mm -hmm. using it. And then if we ever have people over or someone that's staying in the guest bedroom, we'll crank it up a little bit, but then we're not wasting all that heat during that time. And then I know my kids like to sleep with it a little bit warmer than we do. And we're on a different level than them. So we all have different temperatures. So it's just, it's nice. You can just adjust it as needed. So that's kind of a neat feature. But then also I think everybody's used to you know, that single zone heating system where it's like one part of the house is way warmer than the other and you can never get enough air over. So it just has a more consistent flow, whatever temperature you want it to be. Yeah. In addition to, you know, uh, dampering each floor, we also put individual dampers at each um, source point. So at each heat register, you can take the cover off, reach your hand down in there and there's a separate little damper on each one. So Maybe if you know one of your kids likes it cooler than the other, they don't have to open a window in the wintertime. They can close their vents um, and really save that way. Yeah, for sure. So we've got the HVAC systems and the different zones, but one thing that we ran into with a homeowner is they were not finishing the basement. And they ended up doing a dual zone, so just two zones. They had it going to their main floor and their upper level. By the time they wanted to finish the basement, they're like, well, I want that on its own zone. But they only originally installed the dual zone. Can you talk through just kind of how much harder that is at that stage after the fact, other than if they were to have Yeah, there's really a lot of planning that goes into how the zones lay out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you think about it, you have a separate trunk line for heat for each floor, but you also have a separate return air trunk line for each floor. So it's taking up a lot of space. Um, that all terminates in one spot in the mechanical room where the furnace is. So um, jockeying for space becomes a big deal. If there's only two, you know, they're using all this space and they're sizing it. Um, you know, the, the upper floor is on its own and then the main and lower would have probably been sized to do both of those floors. So now to split that up, even the trunk lines are sized a little bit different than they need to be. Mm -hmm. So it's just much more challenging. Yeah. So it's good to think through, even if you decide not to finish a basement or a certain area up front, that you're going to make sure to think through, okay, if I finish this, 
do I want that triple zone or, you know, making sure you have an efficient air going there. Yeah. But the other thing is we do a lot of sports court, sport courts, or uh, we have an indoor pool that we're doing on an upcoming model. And what we really like to do in those spaces, have those in their own zone. It's not necessarily required, but I think it's just, it's a great idea if that's something that you're considering. Yeah, and that can be for multiple multiple reasons. Um, you know, the the swimming pool that you talked about, we really wanted to isolate from the rest of the house. Um, just humidity, smell, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, keep that separate, um, but also even in-floor heat at that point. Um, we can do the Wurzbo heat, which is basically a hot water heat that we run inside the, the slab of the concrete. Um, and that can be an electric boiler, a gas boiler. There's a bunch of different variations, but it's really the most comfortable heat if you have concrete. It's great, but it's amazing how you can feel that heat through carpet too. It is. I can't believe it. I thought a lot of times I would think, oh gosh, there's no reason to put in-floor heat in a basement if the whole thing's going to be carpet. But you can feel it through the carpet. It's like a heated blanket. It's amazing. Comfortable on your feet. Oh, and, it's yeah. great. But it actually adds to the warmth of the air. So sometimes we see a lot of homeowners doing either or. So they may not pay for the upgrade to do, you know, a triple zone. Um, They might keep the dual zone with the heated floors. And that still does help regulate the heat and have it a lot warmer in a basement that's typically cold. And it's it's not as dry as the, the forced air heat blowing across, you know, out of the air vents. It's just this really nice soft heat mm-hmm. and we do that Warsbo heating not just in basements we're doing it in the pool area which is kind of fun yep but we've done it in a garage and there's options to even do it on the driveway so you don't have to shovel snow yeah what an idea some people do it just on their parking pad to get you know just to get a good start on it or maybe your sidewalk um, just to keep the ice off the stairs but yeah there's so many options yeah which seems kind of weird, you know, in Minnesota to have have water pipes going on the exterior. You think those would freeze, but they do a great job. Make sure, you know, you're not going to run into any warranty issues on those. Right. So, well, and then as far as other heated options, we've been building a lot of screened-in porches, which is very popular in a state where the mosquito is our state bird. And so these screen porches, we've seen heated floors out there as well. But typically, we'll do electric in-floor heat on those porches. Mm-hmm. Fireplaces, of course, are a great option for heat. Um, Either wood or gas. Yeah. Yeah. And then my favorite thing that we've been doing a lot lately is the ceiling heaters. Those kick out a lot of heat. They really do. I and- love those. Yeah, not just for uh, screen porches, but even front porches. You yeah. may want to have a swing on your front porch and a nice fall, cool day uh, to sit under those. It's so comfortable. Yeah, and there's a lot of options with those that range in pricing. You know, we had a, a homeowner that just decided to get them off Amazon and mount them, and those were great too, an electric one. We have some gas options where it looks a little bit more custom and built in that we've been doing on a lot of porches. Um, but it's similar to the idea of like, you know, patio seating at a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, those things feel amazing. So it'd be the same idea as that. And I just, um, I love that. I think it Back to thinking about the rough end stage. Right? Yeah. So even if you don't put those in right away, we can, you know, even put an outlet or a gas line yeah. knowing that's something that you might want to do. Yeah. So I love those. 
Well, let's move on to plumbing then and tell me a little bit about what homeowners can think through in regards to plumbing. You know, there's a few things that, that come to mind. Um, you know, really, some of it really depends on like where your mechanical room is located. You may have a master bedroom that's complete other end of the house from where your mechanical room is and you're going to think gosh it's going to take five minutes to for the warm water to get there when i want to start taking a shower um so we can do a number of things including like a recirculating line that just keeps the water you know slightly flowing so that it just catches up a lot quicker um we talked about rough in for bar uh, bathroom later all stuff that we take into consideration um, and just a lot of code items now that are really all about water quality um, and conservation. Mm-hmm. So low flow, you know, shower heads and stuff like that. Uh, pretty standard in the industry right now. Right. Now, as far as the wet bar, if we don't do the rough in, depending mm-hmm. on the location of your wet bar, we've had to break up the concrete floor just to trench in some plumbing lines. So it's not... It's not very easy sometimes, depending on location. No, it's not a small job at all. Yeah. So that's a good one to make sure you rough in on. Um, I think also thinking through just kind of your, what's your lawn, you know, whether it's, um, you know, hook up for the the hose or irrigation line, just kind of thinking through that plan is is something good to consider. Yeah. And there's just a lot of uh, people that don't think about it. I don't know. We just hook up the hose, right? Right. Um, But we really put a lot of thought into that too. And something that's really popular is putting one of the the lawn faucets inside the garage. That way you can put your hose reel inside the garage. You're done watering your plants out front and you roll your hose up. It's clean. It's put away. Uh, It's just, it's something so simple, but a lot of people just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And I do love irrigation for plant beds. Yes. Before having that, <laughs> I killed everything. Now I feel like I have a green thumb, but I don't. It just does it for me. It keeps everything <laughs> nice and watered. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that people can think through. You know, again, whether it's you're going to do it right away or rough in. Um, a dog wash is a big one. Very popular. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Especially in the springtime when it's muddy. <laughs> it's like, don't bring those dogs until they're washed off. And so... Um, what else can people think through in regards to bathrooms or anything, um, for plumbing? Um, you know, it really comes down to selections after that. Um, whether it's a tub shower combination, you know, for a while we went through, uh, you know, everybody had to have a tub and they said, we're never going to use a tub, but we really need it for resale. Um, that's more um, your line, Danielle, but we hear that a lot, don't we? A lot. And really, it's now like 50%, I would say, of our homeowners decided to take it out. They're like, I never use a bathtub. Mm-hmm. I enjoy baths, so I'm like, I'm always going to have one in my master, but some people don't care. But I would say making sure you have one in the home, even if it's in like a guest or a kid's bathroom want to make sure for resale you have one it doesn't have to be in the master and now some people are doing really oversized showers so because we have all that extra space we're thinking through some really fun things in our showers in the master bathroom whether it's body sprays a steam room 
what else? Rain head. Rain head. I mean, my gosh, double shower heads. Yeah. So it's really fun. I will say it's pretty funny talking through that with a homeowner. (laughs) When you're talking, sometimes you ask the husband, now what do you want in your shower? And, you know, he's like. He says, honey, come in here and stand by me so we get the space right. (laughs) It's like, what are you asking me? <laughs> nope, we just want to get all the features that you like about your shower. So, and they all awkwardly, I think our last walkthrough with the homeowner, she was, it's not like we shower together all the time. We just we just want two shower heads. And then she just paused. She was really red in the face. and <laughs> Felt a little awkward. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. We're just here for the design. So, so that kind of covers just the rough ends. But something really important to think through when it comes to water is just the water treatment systems, which is going to be different in every area. We deal with a lot of wells, but also city water. And so the situation on both of those might be very different. So Joe, why don't you talk through kind of the testing requirements for those and kind of what we look out for? Yeah. So with city water, you know, they already do the testing. They already treat it with you know, some chlorine and stuff like that, just to make it safe to drink. Um, Yum. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But with well water, uh, you know, they test for certain things too, um, arsenic, um, bacteria, and stuff like that. Again, safe to drink. Is it the cleanest water for washing clothes and stuff like that? Probably not. Um, So it's, it's always recommended to have somebody come in and test for hardness. Um, and hardness would be calcium and magnesium, you know, the white film you get on your refrigerator and your glasses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard water taken care of with a water softener. Um, but also, you know, Minnesota is where we're based out of. We have a lot of iron. So you can have the softest water in the world, um, but you're still going to, you know, your clothes aren't going to come clean. It's got just the rusty color to it. So um, then we would do an iron filter, um, take care of that. Uh, but other things to consider too is just contaminants in the in the soil. Um, you know, we have some big um, companies here that dumped some illegal waste in the past, and a lot of our wells have been leached with with certain chemicals. Or maybe you live on a it used to be a farm area, so they have pesticides and fertilizers that they put on for the last hundred years. Um, a whole house carbon filter then is really recommended. Uh, so that you can really drink out of any faucet you want to, um, and it's going to be free of those contaminants. That'll also take out of the the city water. Will take like the fluoride and some of the stuff you really don't want to drink. Um, it's good for your teeth, but you don't really want to consume all that um, as much as they put in there, the chlorine and and things like that. So yeah, there is so much to consider with water quality. I remember we had a homeowner years ago, and they were over in Hudson, Wisconsin. And how many acres were they on? Were we at like five acres That's or something? That's pretty big, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. good-sized lot. So they were on their own well and septic. But I remember the homeowners were really big into, one, just having a, a, a green home. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot on their house about water quality. And they had, I think it was like a $10,000 water purifying system it was impressive it was really amazing but something that i mean unless people did their research a lot of our homeowners wouldn't typically spend that kind of money unless they felt like it was worth it but i do think after learning about that it was great because they talked about okay you can get what is it a reverse osmosis system that completely cleans your water 
But his point was that it also removes a lot of the minerals and healthy stuff. So this system actually put those minerals and stuff back in. Yeah. So, you know, just things like that to consider. And frankly, on on the build, you know, we're going to recommend a few key things, but really it's about connecting you with the experts to do the water test and recommend stuff. And a lot of our homeowners start off with something maybe a little bit more simple, like the for sure recommended, you know, it seems like everyone these days is doing a water softener and maybe a carbon filter. And then maybe you live in your house for a little bit and figure out kind of how it lives. And if you have, you know, a little darker water, they could come test for iron and stuff. All of these things can be added. So that's an easy thing. It's right in the mechanical room. We're not ripping up any additional walls or trenching anything in. So any water purifying system is an easy add. Well, and it's, it's good to remember, too, that water is coming from a natural source. So mm-hmm. um, whether you know, you're in the inner city and they're pulling from the Mississippi River, which that water changes. Uh, we might be pulling from the city water, which is well water normally, um, or a private well. The aquifers change. You know, we may be having a drought this year, and the water level went down, and now it's you know it's picking up more iron because there's not as much running through. So, um, you know, it's really keeping it dialed in for the long term, and it will change. Right. So we've got a great trade partner to work with on that. So we can always recommend that to our homeowners, whether it's during their build or after. But just something important to think through, um, so you're not having you know have bottled water you know all the time right. and stuff we can make sure your house is uh, exactly how you want it yep he makes sure he puts his name and, and company number on all of his equipment and he is a guy that is passionate about water quality um you'll make his day to just ask him about it so he'll talk your ear off i love it <laughs> i love it well i think that covers everything in regards to electrical heating and plumbing roughins that we want to go through but if you do have any other questions about your home whether it's a remodel and maybe these are things that you want to add in after the fact again we mentioned a few times yes it's going to be a little harder if it wasn't thought through on the build but not impossible so we can talk through those options of how to get those things um, now if you're looking for that on a remodel but of course good things to think about during your build so well thanks again for joining us i am danielle and i'm joe and that's another episode of if If walls Walls could Could Talk. talk